You're listening to the Rogers Waterfowl Podcast. This is A.A. Ron Jones. Chandler Smith here. Let's talk some waterfowl. Greetings and salutations. <laughs> we are back. How long has it of, been? Oh, my Lanta. Oh. Six, Last January. Yeah, so, gosh, nine months. Yeah. Man, we could have had a baby by now. We could have. Chandler, you, I, I'm none for me. <laughs> no. Though, um, yeah, a lot of things have happened yeah. that kind of rained on our podcast parade. Yeah. The Rona. The Rona, yeah. It's been since... Did we do one around turkey season? I feel like we did one. No, it's been January no. or February. I don't yeah. know. It's been so long, and this year has been a train wreck for its Jumanji level 10. It's a disaster, but yeah, yeah. trying to meet with vendors and other companies to do podcasts was Nobody's non-existent. Traveling. Yeah. Yeah. So we've pretty much been filling our schedules with tons of other stuff, and then yeah. Man, the buying season has kicked off early this year. Man, yeah, the uh, I think I saw it in teal season, but there's going to be a lot of people out in the woods this year. Yes. Uh, it's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, maybe create some more competition, but it's a good thing to get more people out. And uh, we're selling decoys and shot shells and everything you can think of mm-hmm. earlier and like crazy, mm-hmm. more than we've ever seen. So record record sales and stuff so we know that this year is going to be some there's going to be some people out there getting their use out of their gear yes i guess before we get too far we could announce everybody who's here on the podcast today so it's myself double a ron yep chandler and it's who's speaking now and then we have one more he's local so he didn't have to really travel because of covid or Mm -hmm. you know he's he's right in our backyard who we got here josh from outdoor limits yep so josh outdoor limits is a is a YouTube channel, if you guys aren't familiar with, um, he's right around the corner from us. Uh, does some pretty cool stuff, kayak hunting, um, all sorts of different styles of waterfowl that a lot of people like to watch on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk, I guess, just about what's coming up next. I mean, this this podcast was recorded post teal season, mm-hmm. but right, pre big duck season, pre big duck season. So so Josh, you went on some some pretty decent teal hunts, not a ton, but what do you what do you see during during your teal hunts? So did you notice anything? Are you starting to see a pattern, or, or um, how were they? I guess. So we had a lot of cold weather come through right before season opened, and that got me really excited because we already had good numbers. But after that cold front came through, a lot of our teal pushed out, so it made it kind of a struggle yeah, yeah. for the opening weekend. But we had good numbers. The habitat's pretty decent this year. And, uh, overall I'm, I'm happy with how teal season went. I went on four hunts, three in Kansas, one in Nebraska did pretty well. So can't complain. It wasn't a kick butt teal season by any means, but we got it done. Yeah. Shot a few birds, filled the freezer a little bit, made some poppers. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you see more hunters or anything or does it seem pretty normal or? Well, for the Kansas opener, I was surprised with the number of hunters that I didn't see, but then again, I was at a new area, never been there before, never hunted that on an opening day, so that was a little bit bit different, but there was probably about 150 hunters out there, but we didn't have to really fight for a spot. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty big area if you're you're hunting public land and you got that many, 
you know, parties out there or, you know, 150, you know, divided by whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I went out once. Um, I spent most of my, I, uh, I went mountain biking during most of, uh, teal season, but I went once at, and the opening teal opener in Missouri and we went to a spot. We got there extremely early and we got beat out by like six other people, which was, I'd never seen that in five years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, props to them because they smashed them. Mm-hmm. All five parties that was in a spot that probably could fit two. But well, here's they had the a heyday. Th- here, yeah, and here's the thing, which we'll talk about a little bit later. I think that spot, which I went the second weekend because I was busy the first weekend, but you said they smashed them the first weekend. So I went there the second weekend, and it was pretty much crickets. But obviously, like Josh said, that we've had cold weather right before season, and then even during the season, it yeah. kind of pushed a lot of birds through. But I think... I think a, a reason that there was a lot more people there is because a lot of areas have less water. Yeah. Normally, the public area that we're talking about that we hunt is full to the brim. And I think this year that the, the, the a lot more vegetation, I think that area was full of smart weed. I mean... It looked amazing. Yeah, it did. And so I think that got people excited. And it's areas yeah. that normally you can't hunt or there's no vegetation or cover or anything no food for the ducks, that since the water was lower, it allowed natural vegetation to come up in mm-hmm. those areas, and boom. Yeah, it was definitely an awesome-looking spot. I know that oh, we got there early. We, we, I mean, we got there two hours earlier than we, we I mean, earlier than we thought we were needed to be early. Um, <laughs> and there's already, like, people were sleeping, I think, in, in trailers and stuff. Like, there was a trailer with the kayak and everything. They get excited for teal. Yeah, they did. Man, I love and hate opening days. Props for <laughs> I mean, they they went out and did it. I mean, I can't I can't blame them for that. I could have been one of those. You know, opening day big duck. We we do it probably every year. We're probably going to stay up all night. Oh, yeah, we're going to get there the night before. You do that, and then you get yeah. somebody that rolls up at six o'clock in the morning, throws four decoys out That's twenty true. yards from you. Yeah, yeah, it's, you're always going to get that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love and hate opening day. Yes. Yep, it is. It is kind of a fun show. Um, but yeah, so those guys were excited about teal, which is great. We had to go down the way to another spot. Uh, didn't really work very well, but we we got to listen to them just light them up all morning. Probably shot every one. I mean, there was I think there was five groups. I think it, the teal would just bounce from group to group to group to group to group until they got gone. until there was nothing left. <laughs> yeah, by the time they got through the five groups. Yeah, so it was uh, it's quite the battle. But it's I mean cool. They're good eating though. Oh That's, man, yeah, yeah, my favorite. Yeah, so. Right before duck season. Josh, when's your first big duck hunt? Next week. So Next week. You're heading up next Wednesday or something? Yeah. Well, I'll be going up to Nebraska. My original plan was to go this weekend for the opener, but plans had to change, so I had to put that off a little bit. So I'll be missing the opening day, but we'll be getting on a big duck hunt later on in the week. And I'll get more hunting out of the trip anyways because opening day, you can't hunt before opening day. But if you go in the middle of the week, you get – so like I'll get there Wednesday. I can scout Thursday morning, hunt Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Instead of just getting two hunts out of the trip, I can get three. And yeah. Maybe get some dove hunts in too. We found a really good dove field in Nebraska. So our original plan was a couple of weeks ago to just spend the weekend teal hunting. And there wasn't much water where we were hunting, so we had to kind of we had slim pickings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we got one good teal hunt in. And then we found a dove field that was just absolutely stacked. And uh, we got 
about four dove hunts out of that field. Oh, nice. Speaking about, like I mentioned earlier, less water. I know there's the Kansas River out by where I'm going to duck hunt that we haven't been able to duck hunt the last couple of years just because it's been bank high and the sandbars and stuff in the shallow areas and the little eddies and behind the wing dikes, they, they just didn't exist. Mm-hmm. So this year, I'm excited to do that. Um, the public area Chandler that you talked about earlier had less water, which is creating mm-hmm. more little honey holes, I think. And yeah. How do you think that's going to affect ducks this year? I mean, there's a lot of areas that normally do hold water that might not be. It might do the inverse of what last year mm-hmm. was, because last year it was like there was water everywhere. Yeah. Every, everywhere you looked. Yeah, there was ducks water. weren't congregated at all. No, it was... But yeah. in, and but then levees were broke. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious. I don't know if any of your any of the stuff up in Nebraska that you're dealing with is was uh, suffered from some levee breaches and breaks or anything like that. No, a lot of the stuff up in Nebraska that we hunt, it just naturally holds water. Yeah. So we've hunted both public and private spots out there. There's just like little low lying areas that just naturally hold water, and so they've been kind of converted into public land areas. And then same thing on private, like you get a center pivot in the middle of a field, there's just a puddle of water by it, and they don't really farm around that. So mm-hmm. that offers a lot of good hunting opportunities, but it's just been dry in that area, so there, yeah. there was not a lot of water to work with. A lot of the public spots, I mean, it was holding water, but there was so much smart weed in there. Like, if you shot a duck, you wouldn't be able to find it. Mm-hmm. So it's not really huntable. Yeah. It's true. Which I don't know if we're going to find more of that in our area this season but yeah. i'm kind of curious about the river i i river hunted last year for the first time and that really kind of caught my attention i was like man this thing's it's kind of cool to do this but we only ended up shooting a couple of birds so i'm mm-hmm. curious to see if i can get on the river again this year and try that out oh yeah yeah i, I haven't done much now um, the extent of my river hunting is from the bank i've never gotten a boat out on the river so but i'm looking forward to doing it again it's been about four years so mm-hmm. yeah yeah so and then so speaking of the, like the the levees and stuff, I mean we're in we're in Missouri here, um, and Josh is in Kansas, but I mean we're all close to Bob Brown, which is a, a conservation area that is not open this year, um, as far as the the same system they've done in the past with drawing and stuff, and uh, they don't they haven't done anything with pools or anything out there, and it's because the some levees the main levee broke and mm-hmm. they haven't got down to fix it yet. So I think some of the hunters because it, it you know it held a lot of hunters throughout the year some of the hunters have to go different directions different places so they're spreading out um it's kind of been seeing and at least where we hunt my new area you know the area i'm at just new new hunters or just different amounts of uh pressure uh that we haven't seen in you know post past years mm-hmm. but uh I'm curious to see if it stays the same because it hasn't been fixed yet and then we have a lack of water from other places too mm-hmm. So I don't know, uh, lack of water, but I think there's more food because I, I think everybody, for the most part that I've seen and talked to, got all their crops in this year, their beans, their corn. I mean, everybody got planted this year, whereas last year I know it was a pretty wet spring and then, you know, all the flooding in years past and it's just been a kind of a disaster the last couple of springs. But I know every, pretty much everybody I know got crops in this year. So there's mm-hmm. more food, yeah. less water, more food. So. The water can change, too. We could Mm -hmm. get some big rainstorms in October that just fill everything up. That's a good point. Yeah. So at this point, it's looking like we're a little skinny on water, but it's doable. Yeah. We got the food, though. We got plenty of food, especially in the wetlands. Mm -hmm. They just need more water. Yeah. So it is what it is. Speaking about, we were talking about hunters, too, or lack of hunters or more hunters. 
How do you think the border being closed with our neighbors to the north is going to affect birds, bird movement, you know, lack of hunting pressure? Because I, I still think weather's weather is key. Weather is key, sure. Yeah. But I mean, and I was looking earlier today. I don't know if Josh found anything, but I couldn't find a good reliable source and a good count, but I, I didn't spend that much time on it uh, as far as how many hunters were you know, how many hunters did U.S. send up to Canada to hunt? Um, and then I did find on Alberta reported some license sold. Um, mm-hmm. And their their locals outweighed the, the, uh, the non-residents by a ton, hmm. um, which was kind of interesting. What, uh, what did you find out? I know, you, Josh, you looked yeah. up. Yeah, so I found, I, I don't know how reliable this information is, but... It was on like a little post on a website. Said seventeen thousand listed hunters were in Saskatchewan in twenty eighteen, and fifty four percent of them were non residents. Yeah. So whether that's all from the U.S. or maybe other provinces, so or yeah, that's fifty percent. That was a that was a better ratio than I saw in Alberta. Mm-hmm. Um. But so I mean, that's, that that you know seventeen thousand. If half of those, that's. So, and the thing about what the Alberta statistics said, which is kind of interesting, is they said there's non-resident and then there's non-resident alien as far as non-resident to that province or non-resident to Canada, I think is what that meant. Aliens. Yeah. Okay. So, so some of that non-resident, they had two forms of non-resident numbers, and I was looking at that, and it was like 2019... It's been trending up in Alberta, but 2019 it looked like about 7,500 uh, people from the U.S. had hunted compared okay. to like a 60,000 or something like that. But mm-hmm. I might have been reading that wrong. Yeah. But then there's multiple provinces. Saskatchewan might be more popular than Alberta. Sure. Well, I, I know one thing that is a fact is the U.S. didn't send in any hunters up there this year. Yeah. So I, I don't know what those numbers are. How many thousands? Um. But, I mean, that's a lot of pressure. Obviously, weather is, like you said, key, going to push all the birds. But like Josh and I were talking about earlier, you get, you know, birds that start slowly pushing down into the Dakotas. And if the Dakotas, you know, there's so much pressure up there and people are hammering the ducks and they're like, hey, we could go back north because it's still decent. It's still open. It's not frigid. There's no cold fronts that have pushed us south. I mean, do they just bounce back up? I don't know. <laughs> there's I feel like no pressure. Got, I feel like it's been pretty chilly. I don't know what. Have you heard any? What's how the Dakotas doing? No I mean, clue. Shoot, I mean, we we all. I almost went elk hunting this year, but we didn't. Just things fell through. But the week we were gonna go, it was gonna be like it was like ninety degrees the first two days, and then it was snowing like the rest of the week, which just made it hard on a lot of early season elk hunters because that was snow way too early, mm-hmm. and that hit Montana hard. And I don't know what all, where all that storm went through, but I know it got chilly, and it had to got chilly up north. And I feel like I've seen now more big ducks than I usually do at this time of year. Yeah, I I don't think that having Canada closed to United States hunters is really going to make a difference with the ducks this yeah. year. Um, I think hunting in the the Dakotas might be a little bit more pressured, so. That might make things difficult for the resident hunters there. But I think by the time they get here, it's going to be, you know, maybe we've got more numbers of ducks, but it's got to really 
take a lot of hunters to knock down the numbers, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if here in Kansas and Missouri and south of us, it's going to make that big of a difference. I'm interested to see how your your Nebraska opener does. Because we still have, we've got the whole month before we open over around here. Mm-hmm. Um, when's Kansas again? So Kansas early zone is October 10th. So that second Saturday mm-hmm. in October. And then the late zone opens on the 31st. Gotcha. So, yeah. Our north zone, um, I guess I, it might be the 31st at the look. Um, I should know that. I just know it's right at the beginning. Yeah, I think the Nebraska November. opener is going to be a pretty decent one. When I was there teal hunting two weeks ago or a week ago, whatever time that was, there was a decent number of big ducks. We saw wood ducks, pintails, shovelers, a few mallards, lots of teal. So I think there's definitely big ducks moving through, and since then we've gotten a couple more cold pushes. So I think Nebraska is definitely going to have a decent number of big ducks for their opener. Sure. So just sitting here thumbing through several of the bigger cities in North Dakota, it looks like they're for the next couple of weeks, they're really in the mid and upper 60s and even low 70s for highs. So lows in the mid to upper 40s, low 50s. So just weather-wise, I mean, they're not freezing them out yet. No. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. We're either going to be covered up in birds or it's going to be a trickle. Or it's just going to be like a normal year. Exactly. It's hard to say. We can speculate all we want, but we may not even notice one ounce of difference. It may just be a normal, Mm -hmm. exactly, year. Because there's some ducks that migrate just because of the time of year, and some ducks migrate Mm -hmm. because it gets cold. Yep, and some because of pressure, but yeah. Yeah, like pintails, they're going to migrate because it's getting cold and because of the time of the year. Yeah, I saw quite a few pintails during teal season Mm -hmm. when I was out teal hunting. Yeah, I had pintails work our decoy spread. They were like... 10 yards above our spinners. Yeah, I was I was concerned about the wood ducks opening day of teal season teal season because mm-hmm. uh, had a lot of those guys come check us out, come hang out with us. Yeah, I saw like seven wood ducks on my last teal hunt that I went on. That's good. I usually I usually see them teal season, especially early on. Um and uh that's normal, but I saw more, you know, more than normal this year and I saw a lot of hunters, so I'm just curious. I'll never know, but mm-hmm. I was just hoping that they all survived, all the wood ducks around the area, because there was definitely plenty of them. Well, mm-hmm. and as, speaking about a lot of hunters, I know that turkey seasons in a lot of states saw record numbers of tag sales and people getting into the field, obviously because people working from home and or schools being you know, remote from home and a lot of schools are doing like a hybrid learning thing now where you're in school a couple days a week then you're learning from home a lot of people still working from home do you think that you know will get a lot more people out in the field with duck season too yeah i'm working from home in the duck blind no, <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. i hope i hope it doesn't change anything yeah because <laughs> i i really enjoy weekday hunts and uh, i do too. sleeping in a little later getting there well, a little later we get weekday hunts in and we still go to work but yeah some people with working from home schedules, might not have to, unless they got a 8 a.m. Zoom meeting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah but you see all these pictures on social media of people bringing their computers into their boats while they're out fishing. And yeah, I've, I've <laughs> seen the, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's definitely going to be an interesting year 
mm-hmm. think if there's going to be some more people. I think there's going to be more out there. Yeah. Which yeah. is good for the sport. It absolutely is. It generates revenue. It generates conservation dollars. Yeah. And two, I think if if a lot of times, I think hunting can be kind of a circus on the weekends, but you're constantly getting birds stirred up with more hunters on a certain area. Like, for instance, you go to a conservation area on a weekday, which I've done before, and there's only a couple parties out there. The birds find plenty of spots where they can sit and loaf, and hunters aren't kicking them up. Yeah, but then you get kind of that experience where you're like, okay, I don't see or hear anybody else out here. It's just kind of like you're you're just there mm-hmm. and you're hunting by yourself. So I I enjoy that. Sure. Instead of hearing somebody 300 yards down highballing <laughs> a bunch of ducks that won't come in. Yeah. Yeah. Last year was pretty. We had decent for what it was. We had to work with. We had some good hunts for sure. Um, anything changed this year on your your hunting tactic uh, as far as equipment i know you just got something you've been messing around with and fighting with for a little bit yeah i just got a, a new layout boat yeah so you've if you guys if anyone watch this channel he does a lot of kayak hunting which is fun and it's stealthy and can get in some interesting spots but now he's got a motorized yeah layout boat so you just got that out the other day right yeah so i actually was able to take it on a teal hunt the day after i got it set up and uh i just took it out to the lake for a little test drive and see how it did and i just happened to find a group of teal back in this little mud flat pocket area so i set up there the next day and shot a few teal really yes yeah, so, so that was a cool way to you know kind of put it in a real hunting situation and try it out there's definitely some kinks that need to get worked out with it but i think over time it's going to kind of find its own place and i'll figure out how to use it the best but yeah it's now a, are you completely done with the kayak or this is just another tool in the this is another tool okay so i used to use the kayaks all the time to get to my spots and hunt out of them and sometimes some places are just too far to take a kayak and i took the the boat out with the motor to a spot that i hunted last year Oh my gosh, guys, like the kayak paddle was ridiculously long and I can't believe I did that more than once, but, um, there's definitely places where I'm going to have to use the kayak because some pools you can't use a motorized boat and some areas you can't, but it's just another tool in the arsenal to be able to get to places to hunt and open up some more waters that were once not able to get to. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. How long, what was the difference? How long did it take you to kayak that spot? So the spot that I hunted last mm-hmm. year or the spot that I teal hunted? No, the last year. So it was about a three-quarter mile paddle over an open lake. Mm-hmm. And that took me half an hour, depending on the wind. Because if you think about it, like if you just take a normal kayak and just start paddling, yeah, it doesn't take long. The wind doesn't hit you that much. But once you put the blind on there, you get your decoys on there, load it down with all your gear, you're adding a lot of weight and a lot of mass that the wind will hit and push you around. So with the blind and decoys on that kayak, I definitely had a lot of trouble keeping it going straight with the wind. It would always mm-hmm. push me around. Because kayaks, they're going to naturally point into the wind. So if you're going against the wind, like the wind at your back, you'd think it'd be a really easy paddle but your kayak is going to naturally try and turn itself back into the wind. But yeah, that was a, you know, probably a half hour kayak paddle tops. 
in the boat, I was able to get there in like five minutes. So that's, that's nice to have. I mean, it seems like very rarely do you go out in the duck, duck hunting and you can relax and take your time. It's always a mad race. Mm -hmm. I mean, whether you're racing, getting yourself set up or racing, you know, getting to the spot first or, you know, getting, you know, getting out there to your, your favorite spot. It's always, it seems like there's never enough time. Besides this year, we got to our, our teal season so fast, our teal spot so fast. Uh, after we found out the other place was full, we sat there, I felt like, for four hours and did nothing. <laughs> yep. And just stared at the ground. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's opening day for you. Opening yeah. day of doves, teal, deer. It seems like every opening day, you're so excited. You get there so early, and then you sit. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I mean, I feel like some of our opening, opening day duck hunts, it, you don't even realize how fast the night goes because oh. you're just, I don't know, you're having a blast. Well, that and scrambling, getting things together. Yeah. It's the first one of the year. Mm-hmm. Got to figure everything out. And then the marathon begins. Yeah. Sleepless, sleepless nights and restless days and exhaustion and caffeine consumption goes through the roof. <laughs> what is your preferred caffeine consumption? Coffee. Black coffee. Yeah. All day, every day. Usually mine. All day, every day during duck season. There's no... I I used to do energy drinks, but I don't know, just coffee. I'm not so big on energy drinks. I don't know. Yourself? I used to be real big on the energy drinks. Like, I'd drink two or three in a hunt, Mm -hmm. but now I just drink black coffee. Yep. Saves a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Make it at home, too. And it's warm, too, if it's cold. Make it at home, put it in a thermos. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got a big Yeti bottle that I fill full of coffee. It goes with me, and it's good. So you got any hunts lined out that you're excited about or any gear that you're you're stoked to get out and use for big ducks? What new gear are you excited about this year? New gear. I have a lot of new gear this year. So I recently teamed up with FA, and so I'm running all their decoys this year. I got the HD Honker full bodies. got the new LastPass honker floaters those have been a big seller for us they're a good looking decoy yeah, yeah they look really good um the new mallard floaters got the painted and the flocked head versions so those are definitely going to be used and abused throughout the season so all kinds of new stuff but i think i'm really excited about trying out the new final approach silhouettes so they uh yeah they look really good and i can definitely see myself using those around farm ponds when i'm hunting them or Maybe a muddy field. You can't drive in and bring all your full bodies. You need a little lighter weight option. So. We just got those in. Yeah, those are fresh on the market. Yeah. yeah, we haven't even done a video or anything on them because we just got them in. No, we just got them, yeah. So, man, you think about it, goose season's not that far away. Pff, nothing's far away the I way mean, this year's gone. I mean, now I feel like we have November 7th is when we can hunt ducks, and that's a while. That's a, Do you think that's a while? It's like three sleeps, basically, it feels like. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be here before we know it. Ugh. So we'll end of the year. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's crazy. Like, deer season's been open two weeks already. I know. I haven't been yet. Yeah, I've gone once. But Did you? Yeah. yeah. Early season, I saw does at five minutes till legal shooting time and yeah. 9,000 mosquitoes. At the new place? Huh? No, 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 no. no. Kansas? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's about it. It's... I, it's hard to get excited about early deer season a lot of times when 
the deer don't come out until the last five minutes. And then if you do get one, you've got a merit. I mean, you got to sprint to hurry up and get it clean, processed, whatever, because it's 900 degrees out. But this year it hadn't been too bad. Yeah. I think it was in the in the low 80s, but still, you got to hustle. Yeah. There's no letting it hang. There's no taking your time. So you do any deer hunting this fall? No, I don't really deer hunt. No. If I deer hunt, I'm going to shoot the first one that walks by. <laughs> so you can get back out on yeah, the water. just so I can duck hunt again. Sure. Cool. Fill the freezer and then back to the ducks. That's my problem. I like to do it all. I'm torn between the deer and the ducks and the geese and the everything. Yeah. If, if Elk, if, if that's an opportunity that year, I just I want to do it all. So thinking about big ducks and, and we were right in between season, this will go out before a lot of – a lot of people's season started, mm-hmm. but maybe not everybody here. But um, anything new on the market, you know, because I know we get to see a lot of things first or, or know about it. Sometimes it might be hard for a consumer to find them, you know. But anything new on the market you think is a big, is a, a key product that should be added to a duck spread this year that could can make you make a spread stand out. Mm. You got anything? Man, I'm thinking here. Obviously, have you have you, you changed added anything? Changed anything? I know you got transportation, different, you know, in a different form. Mm-hmm. You have a six and a half horse. Was that? Yeah, six and a half horse on a little layout, layout boat. Yeah, uh, final attack. So that's that's one thing. But like, did you add anything different to your spread? I mean, decoys or I decoys. Would, I would, so I I added a motion ducks decoy spreader. Okay, so we got some. And that's like a jerk rig? Yeah, it's like a jerk rig. It's Mm -hmm. pretty sweet. I would say something new that kind of caught my eye was the Lucky Duck Agitator. Yeah. That's one that got the bilge pump and it shoots the water. We did a video on it. Yeah, we did a video. But I was thinking, when you said that, I was starting to think of the flicker tail. We haven't done a video on that. No, we haven't done that one yet. Which is, I think it's a good look. Mm -hmm. I haven't personally seen it work, though. No. But, the, I mean, the agitator is a new water motion decoy, which is the bilge pump. It shoots the water on a duck butt, and, of course, it moves around and provides a ton of, of motion. Um, but, I mean, that that's one that has definitely caught my eye this year, and I'm always a fan of water motion. Yeah. Always. New A-frame. So we did our A-frame. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, so our Rogers A-frame I'm excited to use this year. Mm-hmm. We're probably going to get a lot of use out of that this year. Yeah. Um. Because we've always been a traditional layout blind or fast strike or some type of hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've used fast strikes over the years, and we'll still use those. Um, they're like a panel blind. You bungee grass, too. Um, you can make some really fun, really cool-looking blinds. And then if we can, layout blinds, the Rogers Goose Busters, I've, I've had those for <laughs> a lot of years. Eight years, I think, now. Yeah. I'm thinking about getting new ones. Just because the uh, the ones that, the ones I got right now are pretty ragged, pretty they still up. work though. So there's no point in getting a new one. I need you know maybe get new, grab some new pins uh, because they're all all the pins I think are rusted on them. But uh, and maybe like oxy clean the snow covers because I didn't I was too lazy on the <laughs> last day of goose season they like to put the snow covers up so they're all dusty so they aren't white anymore. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's caught your eye this year. I mean, we've done videos on a lot of new things, but I'm trying to think if there's one other one. Offhand. Lightweight decoys. I mean, 
a lifetime are insanely lightweight. They came out with the black ducks this year. Yeah. They had the mallards last year. Without the weights, they're insanely light. But I'm trying to think of what else. As far as they've just got good gear. I mean, the XD pintails are pretty sharp looking. Yeah, I mean, there's a good decoy. So, I mean, well, there's so right now there's so many good looking decoys out in the market to where if you have some really old, if you have some really old ones, a little beat up. Um, Sell them or donate them to a, a youth hunter or something mm-hmm. like that. Because if you want to upgrade, there's plenty to do it. Uh, plenty of good-looking ones. I mean, the the XD Mallards we've been talking about for years still are great. I mean, they're a decoy that's going to last you a long time. The mm-hmm. the brand-new FA Live Mallards with flocked heads look realistic as heck uh, with the flocked heads. We, we saw those on the water a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. He's just testing them and doing some videos and stuff, and... They look really they look good. Really good. And especially when you get those flocked heads a little wet. Yeah, they darken up. Oh, yeah, it looks look like good. A, looks like a great cold December, you know, sleet, rain, snow kind of morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, Lucky Ducks, their their HDI spinning wing. I don't think anything has come out and beat it. You know, no, I've so still think, got one that runs like a champ. Yeah. I'm curious to see if the the trend on spinning wing up and down, up and down, or going up, going mm-hmm. down, kind of thing. So yeah, because I mean, we you kind of see that with like layout blinds versus frame style blinds, yeah. A frame style blinds. Yeah, A frames are booming, mm-hmm. and then the layout blinds are just kind of running steady. Mm-hmm. But I think you'll see a trend, like you said, kind of up and down and up and down, kind of roller coaster. I don't know. Do you use a lot of spinning wings, Josh? Not really. Yeah. I use them during early season, but not usually in late season. I'm not convinced enough to put them out all the time. They're normally the first thing to get taken out of the spread. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, um, if you do really good scouting, you might not need them as much. You might just need some decoys and some water motion. Um, you know, if you're in the, the area close and, you you know, maybe not on the X, you might need them for some, to give some birds that want to come look at you. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. I um, like spinners because everybody else has them, so you can see out in a public marsh where everybody's set sure. up. Sure. Mm-hmm. So if you're walking in, if you drive up there the na- yeah, you d- day before to check it out, and you see there's there 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 there. Yeah, or you're going in for like a mid mid morning hunt, you know, slipping in about nine thirty mm-hmm. after the morning. People are kind of starting to pack up, and you can figure out where everybody's set up and go from there. That's a good point there. But I, I honestly think water motion is better than the spinning lanes. Sure. Yeah. That's what we should do. We should hunt. We should do a YouTube hunt this year of all water motion decoys. Get about two dozen. <laughs> That'd be really cool. <laughs> two dozen water motion decoys and then four dozen floaters and just make it look insane. Not even, no. For, no don't just do the water f- motion. Just two dozen water motion. Okay. Don't even do the, the, the real ducks. Just just motorize. <laughs> Everything's got a battery. <laughs> everything's got a battery and, yeah. and everything is shooting water every direction that spread yeah. would be obnoxious it'd be awesome we yeah should, I, think I, I mean I'm it. down to try it why not we should do it like second week of big duck season first week it didn't matter I, yeah I, I would say wait till you get the numbers here too though so you yeah. can really judge it because I mean the second week there may not be the numbers may not be here yet yeah and, yeah, wait for the mallards. Yeah, that big okay. 
Thanksgiving push. December first. Puffy greenheads. Or, or Thanksgiving week. Yeah. We usually get a decent push around then here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be fun. Between the agitators and the the pulsators and the crazy kicker, I mean, just anything. Yeah. Just throw it all at them. Splasher, flasher. Yeah. Get a few of those. That'd be fun. I don't know what else. Spinning wing two or just water motion? No, no spinning wing. Okay. Just water motion. Okay, so maybe the splasher flasher wouldn't count. I don't know. What about jerk rigs? Yeah. Okay. You wouldn't need it. You wouldn't no. need it, though. Everything's with a battery. Okay. Do you guys always get tangled up in jerk rigs? Yep. Yeah. I think everybody gets Even dogs. Yeah. Yeah, I used dogs, a jerk rig ducks. on opening day, and I got tangled up in it every time I went to retrieve a bird. No one remembers <laughs> that that rope's there. No, you don't. And you, you go back out, you pick up your bird, and you're tangled up, and you set the rope up just right, and you're like, okay, the rope is here. Don't walk over it. You mm-hmm. shoot the duck, you try and go and retrieve it, and you're tangled up again. Yep. You just It just slips out of your mind. Mm-hmm. You're so excited to get that duck, that's why. Yeah, because it's banded. Hopefully. It's been a while since I've shot a banded duck. Holy smokes. First thing I do when I pick up a duck, look at the feet. Mm-hmm. First thing I do is go get it. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, we'd have to try that. That'll be fun. So, I, you know, get a new pair of waders. We got some new ones out this year that are that I got a really awesome boot and some primal offlining and stuff and then That's that's the piece of equipment I'm most excited about. Yeah. The new waders. Yeah, you, you upgraded, got, I upgraded. Dude, they are awesome. And I upgraded. Mhm. Yeah. I, I went with the the brown slims, elites, and I like the new boot, Josh. I know you're a fan of the new boot. Love it. Yeah. I think they're the best pair of waders I've ever worn. They're comfortable. The new boot's so light and comfortable. Yeah. yeah, you don't realize how heavy wader boots are until you put on a pair of waders with light boots. Yeah. So that's going to be – I'm going to be excited to hunt out of those mm-hmm. all year. I've only hunted a couple, two or three times out of them. I wore them once for some other filming we were doing, but obviously I didn't have the Primal Loft insulation in them because otherwise I would have passed out dead. But, I mean, yeah. Yeah, just I'm, the boot itself is – I'm curious to see how warm they are. Yeah. Yeah, I had that my, new insulation. Yeah, I had mine on in the Colorado River fly fishing. Insulation or no insulation? No insulation. Oh. Didn't need it. No. Uh, but, yeah. I had the Tough Mans before, so they were a 1,200-gram boot with just the normal 120-gram oh, thinsulate lining. Yeah, maybe this is a good time for me to explain our elite boots this year. Yeah. For I mean, so the big thing about these boots is they say 1,200-gram on the back of mm-hmm. thinsulate insulation. But they, the whole boot is lined with three and a half millimeter neoprene. And on that three and a half millimeter neoprene, there's a fleece inner lining that's just nice to nice to the touch, nice to, and and very warm itself. So technically they're probably a little warmer than a true twelve hundred gram. Correct. So they're a three and a half mil first mm-hmm. and next to your foot and then a twelve hundred gram insulate. And that fleece lining's there next to your foot too. Yeah, and the so, fleece lining. So when it says twelve hundred gram, that's technically the thinsulate mm-hmm. uh, measurement. Yeah, but there's more to it than just that because it's an actual neoprene boot. Because I know we've had some people say, "Man, do you have anything warmer?" And I've tried to explain to them that yeah, it's going to be a little bit warmer than a true twelve hundred gram boot. Yeah. So this boot is got a neoprene upper 
um, the, the top part, mm-hmm. and then it's got um, the 1200 gram is basically where the foot's at. So that's what we're talking about. And it's got new tread. And it's lighter. It's just a different different beast. A lot lighter. <laughs> it's not as yeah. clunky. Mm-mm. Yeah. It's more. It's like a slimmer boot. Yeah. It looks like it. We got one right by us actually. Yeah, hanging behind us. It there. Looks like your old classic little cross if, if, boot. Yeah, it, it fits more and wears more like just a knee high eighteen inch rubber boot. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not a clunky. It doesn't feel like that clunky heavy waiter boot like you're used to. You're exactly right. Mm-hmm. True to size too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're comfortable. Yeah. So that was my explanation. So. If you're looking to get set new waders and and get new decoys this year, do it. Cause there's a lot out there. Yeah. Yep. I'm trying to figure out how to explain. We've had a lot of people ask about the difference between a slim, a regular, and a husky. I mean, I'm I'm five nine, a buck seventy five. So the slims are more kind of my. I wear a size ten. That's kind of mm-hmm. more my thing. I think anybody under probably. What do you wear? I wear a regular size, and I'm a 5'11", 2'10". I was going to say, I think anybody pretty much under 200 can get away with slims, probably. Because yeah. you could almost do it yourself, really. Yeah, I can. It's just the, the, height, is the, actually, coat. the yeah. height is actually more the issue than the... Sure. Yeah. You know, there still needs to be room in the waders because they don't stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, if you're, you know, you're close, you're coming up on six foot, get the regular pair. You'll have all the room in the world. You need yeah. It, and they'll last a long time. So that is the thing, too, about the slims. Not only are they a little slimmer in the chest and in the waist and in the legs, but they're a little shorter in the inseam. So, yeah, um, yeah that's kind of how that goes. And then the husky, you it's for the guys who eat a lot. Mm-hmm. They're well-fed. Yeah. So I and, guess that's And the husky is, is, is not only horizontal, but vertically, too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're taller, if you're, you know, yeah, Kansas football player or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, coming up on on a uh, big duck season, how many how many duck decoys are you gonna throw on your normal spread? I normally only take two dozen with me. Yeah, but I go by myself a lot, so that's all I can really manage. So yeah, you got you got to kind of do deal with what you got. Is what you can pack in by yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, you- on your holes, a lot of times are they smaller? Are they? Do you tend to hunt more? Uh, tighter holes. You I know? hunt where the ducks are. So I didn't know if you thought that, you know, if you felt like you're hunting a big, bigger pool, you needed to, to, to throw more out there if you're just two dozen the whole way. Not necessarily. I think a lot of people focus on the number of decoys that they put in their spread. They should be focusing on their hide and how they can make their hide better. Because like when I take the kayak out in a marsh, my hide is awesome, so I don't need a whole lot of decoys, and adding a little motion to the decoys definitely helps, but I think having a better hide and less decoys is better than having a mediocre hide and more decoys. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, we always talked about that last year throughout the podcast, is hide is 100% the most important thing. Getting out to a marsh and being so low profile is a lot of fun. You can do that in a kayak. Uh, you can do that in... If you found a, an area in the marsh where you're literally talking about a few inches, you could do it in a layout blind. Like an Invisiman or Invisile, yeah. Or a Goosebuster. Yeah. I was getting to that. If, yeah. If, yeah. If, if you got, you know, 18 inches or 12 inches of water, you can do, I mean, higher than that, but mm-hmm. you can do Invisiman or Invisile, mm-hmm. which when you can stay at that, that smart weed level or that millet level or that grass, you know, whatever yeah. you're in, if you can stay there, I mean, 
It looks like nothing is out there. Mm-hmm. I've also seen people hunting A-frames in the middle of marshes. I know. Mm-hmm. It will work if you do the proper amount of grass. Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong. Um, Fast strikes are good for that, too. Yeah. Nothing wrong with, you know, a couple inches of the A-frame being in water. The, the A-frame is PVC-backed, and the material is going to take, you know, hold up to that. Um, it's aluminum tubing, so no rust there. Um, yeah. Get out there, and, and as long as you make yourself look like some overgrown patches of grass and you mm-hmm. do really well, it, it, they're not going to know. It's Yeah. It's fun time. That's mm-hmm. what we might do that this year, quite a bunch. We'll see. Yeah, the place I went for teal, uh, we didn't see a lot of teal the second weekend, but it's oh, it's probably knee deep water and a lot of smartweed that's about five and six foot tall. Were, were you out in the middle? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you could get away with some fun stuff out there. Put an A frame right at the end of that. Mm-hmm. I think the best hide I've ever had was next to a cornfield that wasn't cut and then we put a-frames next to that dude it disappeared yeah <laughs> it was awesome oh yeah so you I put d- it in like was so you had the the cut corn or non-cut cornfield behind you yeah, yeah. and we were hunting a cut bean field mm. that was a good hide <laughs> yeah did you hammer the birds we did all right did all right we ended up shooting a couple bands that day too hey. yeah that's worth it right there yeah you know when you know when you have a good hide. I I feel like you know when you have a good hide because they just the script works. Mm-hmm. You know. I think that's I think that's the number one reason you see like ah oh, the birds aren't working and people are fumbling around with the decoys thinking mm-hmm. it's the decoys and it's like it's not the decoys. Work on your hide then yeah. decoys second. Yeah, I used to be the type of guy that would immediately birds aren't working, pull the spinners, move the decoys around. Don't even think about looking at the hide and then I think last year I started really focusing more on the hide than the decoys, and that made a big difference. Yeah. It's so easy to overlook your hide yeah, because you, got, you, you think, oh, yeah, it's it's good. It's good. Don't have to worry about it. Yeah, and your layup line, you have a layup line on your kayak, which is awesome. We've had uh, some of our best hides are on this, the side of a pond, and we would actually put our layup lines going into the water, mm-hmm. and then we'd be sitting on a cut. Like a cut bank, mm-hmm. and we would just con- so that so basically once the layup lines filled up the cut bank, there wasn't a cut bank anymore, and then it looked like just a nice slope right in the water, and we would shoot a ton of geese, and they had no idea we were there. That's so. the best feeling when when you <laughs> no you idea. just pop out of the blind and the geese had no clue you're there. Yeah. So. Yeah, I can't wait to do it now. Oh yeah. We only have a couple. Well, no, we have about a month here, don't we? Yeah, a month here. On the Missouri side, yeah, we get to patiently wait. It gives us time for some October bow hunting, though, which is the October lull. Yeah, have fun with that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, I still like the rut. Yeah, late October is fun. Mm, late October is fun. Yeah, you got to be out there on Halloween, which this you, year you can. It's a Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> you know. It's been years since I've really dove into trail cameras, but, you know, you kind of get out there in October and you start to figure it out, and then you just ramp up your 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 hunting with the bow hunting when mm-hmm. it's late October. And then you try to get it all done before November 7th or the first day of duck season because then I just – that's all I want to do. 
I don't know. I have to wait till after the rut, and then I can really hit ducks hard. Yeah. My 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 bow hunter instinct. I just can't get rid of it. Yeah. So what else do we want to talk about? It's been so long. No. It's been so long since we've been on here. Yeah, and tons of comments about it, but we just everything was up in the air. We couldn't really give any definitive answers. Yeah. You know, we were we weren't even at the office here for a couple months. A couple months, yeah. So And then we got back and it was just it's been a crazy train ride ever <laughs> yeah, since. That's a fact. Yeah. Hanging in there, keeping everybody healthy and, and safe and mm-hmm. the orders are flying out the door. We've revamped our shipping again and added some more stations and tour. yeah we could talk about that i mean we what we basically doubled doubled our shipping speed so that was one thing everybody always loves how fast we would get orders out the door and they would get them i couldn't tell you how many comments i've seen in the last month about people saying hey i ordered this and it was literally here the next day mm. and they're like that's great but there was always certain times of the year you know black friday cyber monday right around that time frame or certain other times where we would get a couple days behind and you guys might not think anything of it, but we, we wanted to do better. So we didn't want a couple days behind Mm -hmm. to exist. We want to, we still want to do that same day if we can, maybe one day behind, but we want to get you that stuff within the week. So yeah. yeah. And that's what we did. We doubled our shipping stations to get stuff out faster so that there's no, Lag time. Yeah, it's been a blast. Oh, one of the things that was kind of like a major hit during the summer was Speed Shock. Holy smokes. Yeah, I got my two cases. Yeah, hopefully, if you ever heard about that, and hopefully we still got some twos in stock. I think that was one we had a bunch of the last time I looked. But Speed Shock did like a $40 rebate per on the case. case. And yeah. we sold the case for, you know, 115 or something like that. Yeah, 119 something like Yeah, 14 I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, and... uh Forty dollar rebate. There's a forty dollar rebate on it, so that's a pretty pretty odd value for some great stuff. I mean, we've done videos on that specific load. Is fact mm-hmm. that in fact that it's got a better powder and it's got a better primer. It's hard to show that, but it has a better catalyst primer and and the pellets are very uniform. They're perfect. So it's one of my favorite loads to to have stockpiled for. That's what I'm shooting this year. Yeah. Didn't necessarily need two cases, but at $40 rebate per case. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. are you shooting this year? Whatever I can scrounge up. Yep. yep. I just started shooting those Teal Steel 5s during Teal season. For, from Kent. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, yeah, those things. Tell me, you know, a lot of times I I use low brass 6s and, you know, steel. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, I used to use those too. You know, and be a good shot. You can knock them down, and, and a lot of times you can – you can get them on the first shot, but sometimes they they don't they little tough little rascals out there. But mm-hmm. that, like a teal steel number five, yeah, I can see that being a step up. It's awesome. I can't wait to see what it does to big ducks too. <laughs> yeah, because it's pretty fast. It's fast and it's a three inch shell, so it's got a good amount of pellets. And the fives, they're you know bigger than a six, smaller than a four. They're kind of like a really good in between size for those mm-hmm. early season ducks. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how it's going to do, but I'm very impressed with it during teal season. Nice. nice. Yeah. What are you shooting this year? Whatever. Hodgepodge. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to, I guess every year I say I'm going to try to burn through some ammo, but it just, I keep accumulating more, buying more ammo. The struggle is real. Yeah. 
I think I don't know. If I, the biggest thing for me is like, am I going to shoot an ounce and an eighth or an ounce and a quarter? And I haven't decided that either. I, yeah, I, I, it doesn't make a difference to me. No, I went with ounce and an eighth this year on the speed shot. Yeah. And part of me was thinking, you know, get. I was thinking maybe even for a better pattern, like really trying out some like some two and three quarter inch tungsten or something like that. But I don't know. I play around with way too much, way too many loads. Mm-hmm. Um, two and three quarter inch tungsten. I mean, your 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 shot pattern should be better the more of a square shot load, that, or not square as a pellet, but that's the more you you know. The shorter you get that shot string, the better that mm-hmm. pattern's going to be. Yeah. Um, and if you're dealing with tungsten or bismuth, you're not having to. Uh, you don't have to have as many, and you get a good pattern, and you have all the knockdown pattern you want. You could put sixes in there and have a, have a blast. Two, three-quarter-inch sixes would be a fun one to find. Tungsten? Yeah. Slay them. would be a fun one to shoot. I've been shooting a lot of tungsten heavyweights for, for years past, and that's my favorite shell to shoot. And that's a federal heavy, heavyweight, but they I'm getting pretty thin on them, and they haven't made them in a year, maybe six, eight years now. Oh, so better hang on to them, yeah, for them special occasions. Yeah, for them good hunts, I gotta yes. break them out. <laughs> yeah. Well, anything else, Josh? You want to hit? I don't think so. No. Wrap it up. I mean, hopefully you can get to your hunting spot this year. You know, but there might be hunters out there, so watch out, scout, mm-hmm. get there early, get you a new pair of waders and decoys if you need them. Yeah, ammo. Yeah, blind. Yeah, and get your ammo now. Yeah, because I'm saying there's you no know, guarantees on. We're ammo the this number year. one waterfowl ammo dealer, you know, distributor, not well, retailer, and uh, we have no idea what's going to happen come November as far as our ammo stock. No, so, and that's why it's going to be hard to put out like a. Christmas flyer or anything like that. It's all going to be digital cause because you guys are pushing the add to cart button so fast. Yeah, which is fine, but it's just hard to predict inventory and it's hard to, I mean, things that you wouldn't think we'd be selling this time of year, we're selling them. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't drag your feet. If you're thinking about getting something, do it because people are buying this year. Yeah. It's good. It's good. It's good. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Another year, another grind. But I think that wraps it up. Yeah, if that's it. All right, guys, we hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you did, go ahead and give us a subscribe. That way you're going to get a notification every time we put out a new podcast. Chandler, what else should they do? Go to our uh, social media pages and give us a like on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Uh, get a subscribe to YouTube channel. We do uh, product reviews there. If we do a live or a recorded video podcast, we'll put them up on YouTube also. And then uh, giveaways is a great part of our social media as well. And then we just want to thank you guys for what you guys do and support us so we can do stuff like this. Yeah, if you guys wasn't for you guys' support, we couldn't keep doing the podcast or all the social media and the videos you guys love. Yeah, so thank you.